0: Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to the Here is your host, Ben Newman.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know every single week we come to you with some of the highest performers from the world of sports and the world of business, as well as coaches, speakers, to help you stay connected to the burn that lies inside of you to drive your next level performance. Today's very exciting for me. This is an episode that should have happened a long time ago with my good buddy, Dylan Slattery. And one of the things you're gonna find out about Dylan, you talk about challenge, you talk about adversity, you talk about having to grow up fast. He has an unbelievably powerful story. Some of the videos that have been done on his his story have brought me to tears and you guys know I'm an emotional guy. I'm just gonna give you a little forewarning. He's emotional too, so we're probably gonna get emotional together. But one of the things to really set the table that I've always loved about you, Dylan, since the day that we met and spent time together in Iowa, and now he lives in Denver, is that you really live by the motto of be the cure. And I I really love that. When you think about be the cure, there's so many people, they face challenge, they face adversity, and they let it define them. But I really love and I think it's so inspiring that you've gone on to now build a life that focuses on empowering others to be the cure. And whether it be your work with the Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team, to corporations that you've worked with, to individual coaching work, I think it's incredible how you empower people to be their best. So take us back to your story. What's it like to be 22? You know, most people are 22. They're like, what's my next job going to be? and you were fighting for your life.
2: Yeah, Ben, I appreciate it so much, and it's truly an honor to be on the show, you know, with the likes of, uh, I just checked out the John Gordon episode. He's a a friend that you introduced me to and absolutely changed my life. And so, you know, I think the interesting thing about adversity, Ben, is that uh, for some people, it causes them to break, and others, it causes them to break through. And so I've experienced both ends of that spectrum throughout my life. And ultimately, what I've learned is that when we try to run from our problems, they only get bigger. Uh, But when we turn around and face them head on, uh, we can actually take control of some of the variables and take responsibility. And so what it means to be a cure, then, is to focus less on the problem and more on the solution. And I think, you know, in the world that we're living in today, there's a lot of people that are being cancers in the world. Uh, They're focusing on the problem, and and in a lot of ways, they're trying to make the problem bigger. They're not focused on solutions, and they're not trying to be a cure and say, not only what part of the problem is me, but what part of the solution is me. And so that's ultimately what I've learned from um, my dad passing away before I was born uh, two cancer diagnoses prior to age 25, ultimately coming out on the other side. And, uh, you know, I was given less than 15% chance of survival and, uh, you know, by the grace of God and tons of family support and, uh, a lot of prayers along the way, I was able to persevere through that and uh, share a message that, you know, ultimately my goal is to help people shed their statistic. And, you know, so often we define ourselves by what it is that we do and not by, how we're showing up and who we're showing up as each and every day. It's
1: it's such a, a powerful message to really be be the cure and to be the solution. And I know when it comes to the burn and this is the emotional part for the two of us. You know we share in common. I, I was blessed to have you know seven years with my mother. I know you didn't have that experience and. You know, I, I see pictures of you with your mom. And, uh, dude, it's just awesome. You know, you and your brothers and your mom. And I just think about just, like, how much history and pain and fight that goes into those pictures when, when you post them. And it's so powerful. Um, but I also know part of your burn is, is your desire to coach and the fact that you were coached by somebody who touched your life. And, you know, one of the things I, I admire about you is you know you went back you were obviously a great baseball player loved the game of baseball and then you went back to your high school not only did you play at a high level but to also coach and to help kids compete at the highest possible level i mean winning state championships and then getting into umpiring and doing so many things tell me a little bit about uh, the, the coaching experience for you and what your coach meant to you as well as what your
2: dad's legacy means to you how that burn all ties together Yeah, you know, so, you know, uh, when I tell you that I love you like a father, uh, there's no reservations around that. And one of the things that I've learned through this journey is that in the absence of that father figure, you need to surround yourself with people who can fill that void in some way, shape or form. You know, someone that's willing to stretch you and challenge you and, 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 uh, really help you grow in ways that you wouldn't normally do and so coaching for me has allowed me to play that role in a lot of other kids' lives and so I coached the entire time I was battling uh, stage four cancer and so the timing worked out perfectly to where you know the surgery happened right before the season I would say the story my uh, baseball coach who I played for uh, for two years we went to the state championship my senior year and then As a coach, first three years together, we went to the state championship, won two of them. And, uh, you know, he kind of joked when I had surgery at 22 to remove the uh, tumor in my neck that uh, he asked if I needed an assistant to hit fungos because he was worried that I was going to rip the scar open because it was pretty gnarly at that point. And so uh, that's just the type of relationship that we we had. You know, there was a moment in my baseball career where – Uh, When I was a freshman in high school, we had 31 guys on our team and five catchers. And I didn't even see the field unless I played third base. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about quitting. And my mom said, just stick it out one more year. You never know what can happen. Well, you know, as we get older, we played summer ball in Iowa. And three of the catchers quit. The other one was a golfer. So he was split season. And so I caught every game the next year. And then, uh, you know, ended up being a key contributor to, to the team that ended up uh, going to the state finals, our senior year, but you know, ultimately what, uh, what my coach taught me and, and he really filled that father figure role for me in, in high school and it, in a lot of ways, I wanted to emulate him as best I could. And so, you know, his, his whole thing was tradition. He coached at our high school for like 40 some years. And um, you know, his, his whole thing was, you're not just playing for yourselves, you're playing for every person who's ever worn this Jersey. and so. It's, it's our duty to carry on the tradition and create the identity in, in defining how we want to, to be remembered as a Beckham baseball team. Hmm. You know, and, and
1: those are the types of messages that cause a player to show up one pitch at a time, right? To, to learn to focus, to learn to put in the work, to learn to be passionate about it. And I know another big piece for you, and, I, and I'd love to hear this, um, because I've seen the pictures. I mean, you, you were big, right? I mean, you, you were battling uh, the obesity. You were battling the mindset that comes along with that. Fighting can- I mean, there's so much that was going on. And we always talk about on our coaching platform. And, and uh, you know, uh, stage four to, you know, on stage is your company. But we're also blessed to have you as a part of our team. Uh, for individuals to help us with events and coaching. And it's so great having you on our team. And I think whether it's your company or whether it's our company, we always focus on those prize fighter days, winning one day at a time. So help us understand, how did you attack that, right? You know, the obesity, depression, pain, loss, and still get yourself to show up. And I know faith has a big role in that. And for those of you that uh, are watching The Burn every single week, we do not hide back from any any issues whatsoever in the world, and and we don't shy away from talking about faith. I know faith is important to you, so how important was that one day at a time mentality fueled with faith?
2: Yeah, you know, Ben, it was was an interesting 18 months that I went through, and, and again, it was full spectrum. So at 22, right after my 22nd birthday, I spent uh, up in Mayo Clinic in, in Minnesota having surgery because I had uh, melanoma on my neck. And so they were worried that it would, had spread into the lymph system. Uh, that was in April, right after my 22nd birthday. December of that year, I was in a car accident where it was an icy night in Iowa and we were in a single vehicle rollover where we crossed the center line, hit the ditch, went up into this field and then we hit this creep bed and which caused the truck to roll up to like six times. And so when it came to a halt, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, I opened my eyes and I could feel the glass shards in my mouth and the the back window had been busted out. And um, I looked to my left and one of the passengers that was in the vehicle was partially ejected. And so I pulled her out from underneath the truck and started to do CPR on her and um, I couldn't save her. And so, Uh, After that, I went into a lot of PTSD-like symptoms where I was angry. I would ask the question, you know, like, why me? Like, And why didn't you just take me instead of her? Because she brought so much joy to the world. And yet, here I was questioning everything, uh, unsure about my path, because the things I was studying in school, even though I was doing really well in my classes, I just felt like it wasn't right, and it wasn't me. And Uh, For so long, I felt like I was just doing things that other people wanted me to do. And I wasn't really channeling into my burn and my passions. And so I felt so lost and I was sharing those feelings with my friends and uh, they called my mom because they knew that she was the only person that could get through to me at that point. Because, uh, by this point I was sleeping upwards of like 16 hours a day. I was super anxious, so I couldn't fall asleep when I needed to. And then I was too depressed to go to anywhere, go to class, anything like that. And so I woke up on, uh, March 28th of 2014 to my mom shaking me awake, asking me if I was okay. And, you know, I, uh, I was under the influence of alcohol and, and some drugs the night before and made some comments about being hopeless and lacking purpose and direction. And so, uh, what my friends didn't realize, and this is where, you know, it's uh, divine intervention and certainly a higher power involved is it was the 23rd anniversary of my father taking his own life a month before I was born. And so that was one of the moments that started to shift my perspective, but, um, You know, I wasn't done yet, and so in September of that that year, so just 18 months after the initial surgery, I woke up with a golf ball-sized lump. Before I was going on to cheer cheer on my Iowa Hawkeyes, and uh, that was the indication that we uh, we knew the cancer was back, and so that's when we found out it was it was stage four, and I had tumors in my liver, lung, neck, and three tumors in my spine, and so I spent. Part of I was put in an experimental trial. They gave me less than fifteen percent chance, and in a lot of ways, they gave me no chance. But um, it's like I I had a tough, tough conversation with my mom around the fact that you know I only needed one percent to have a chance, and so we can choose to look at the eighty-five uh, percent that isn't there, that they're not giving us, or we can choose to look at the fifteen percent chance. that they are giving us. And so that was my approach. And uh, I got very strict on who I let Uh, to use John Gordon's reference. I got very strict as to who I was letting on my bus. If you didn't Mm -hmm. believe I was going to beat this thing uh, you didn't have a seat on my bus. And so uh, that, that was the approach that I took to where, you know, to, to the point where we speak pitch by pitch, possession by possession, day by day, you don't beat cancer with one treatment. You know, I was in the ICU for four weeks. I was doing treatments every eight hours for as many as I could take over the course of those four weeks. Mm. And, it, and it brought me to my knees. You know, I everything that I once thought I was was taken away from me. It's, it's, it's incredible
1: hearing your story and, and what you've been through and the perspective that you've kept. And, you know, it's such a blessing. Your story needs to be told more. You know, the, the piece that was featured last year Uh, which I think we need to make sure that we share that as part of this episode. I mean, it was just so incredible and well done, and it's so moving. And, you know, we all have a story. You know, it's one of the things that, you know, you've heard me say in times we've been together and or events that maybe we've been at. You know, I'll say, you know, I'm not the only one with a story. Everybody has a story. Your story, it's it's so inspiring to me. And everybody watching, we all have a story. And I love what you said. You know, whatever your 15% is... You know, I encourage everybody right now who's going through so much fear, uncertainty, and pain in this period of time that we're going through, whatever that 15% is, you focus on your 15%. You know, take Dylan's advice to focus on the solution. If you could uh, leave us with one more thing, maybe it's a a lesson that you live by, something that's impacted you, uh, what would that lesson be?
2: Man, there's so many, but just to go back to my baseball coach again, it's like, don't let the fear of striking out keep you from stepping in that box. Um, and, And for me, what that means is when I think about my podcast, my mission, things like that, it's Adversity is this universal experience. It's not so much the what that we go through, you know. Uh, My first connection to you, Ben, was by reading Continued Fight um, when I was diagnosed with cancer. Someone, I was an intern at Northwestern Mutual and uh, Kelsey Motley, my recruiter, gave me the book to read uh, while I literally was fighting the good fight. And so you have no idea and I have no idea the impact that we've had um, because a lot of times those stories go untold, but, um, you know, if we continue to step in the box, we can continue to transform ourselves. And so whether it's, you know, overcoming the fact that, you know, not everyone can relate to a cancer diagnosis, but some, many people have lost parents. Many people have, uh, found themselves in a place where they're heavier than they want to be. And so it starts with a mindset change, which results in a change in activity and action. And so when we can start to change those behaviors, ultimately we can become whoever we wanna become. We just have to, um, <laughs> it, to go back to where we started, shed that statistic of who we believe we once were, because that's gonna to continue to hold us back, much like you know, the old videos with the prisoner and the ball hanging on their, on their leg that's going to continue to weigh you down and hold you back because you're still hanging on to that identity of who you once were, but to become someone else and become a better version of yourself, you have to break those chains. You have to break through those lies that you've been telling yourself and start to tell yourself a better story. And so when we can do that, um, you know, when I was in the hospital, I experienced someone across the hall from me passing away and what my story ultimately became was I wanted to earn one more chapter to rewrite the ending of my story because the most important people to me are my family and my three younger brothers. And I felt like I had let them down in the years leading up to, uh, to that moment. And so my fight, my burn became earning that last chapter to rewrite the ending of the story. And I took that pen back from the people who were trying to write me off. Uh, and I said, no, this isn't how I'm going out. And so here we are.
1: Well, you, you inspire me with how you continue to write the story. How how can everybody stay connected with you to learn more about stage four to on stage, let us know on social media, tell us about the podcast and would love for everybody to stay connected with you.
2: Yeah. So Ben's been a guest on my podcast. Uh, obviously he's been a huge supporter of my mission and, uh, we've, we've teamed up on a number of occasions, but, uh, you can find me at stage four to on stage or Dylan Slattery, um, you know, you can just Google search me and it'll come up. So, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. And you can check out the podcast where, uh, check out Ben's interview and John Gordon. And we've interviewed a lot of other people. Uh, Rwanda genocide survivor was my favorite. I mean, to go through something like that at nine years old and to lose your, uh, a third of your family to machete or machine gun is something that again, I can't relate to, but Um, It's that adversity that can unite us and transform us into a better version. Well, thank you for encouraging us today and uh, every day
1: with how you live to take your words, to step in the box, and to attack that 15% with positivity. Dylan, I appreciate you. Uh, To everybody that follows The Burn every single week, we appreciate you. We appreciate the opportunity to share stories like Dylan's to help you connect to that burn that lies inside of you to reach that next level of your performance. Don't hesitate to share this story. These are the types of stories that need to be heard. If you have somebody that's close to you that would benefit from hearing about Dylan's burn and what inspires him to stay positive, please make sure to share. Please make sure to subscribe. We appreciate you, and we'll see you again soon on The Burn.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.